Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We have covered cases from around the world. And though most of them are extremely tragic, once in a while, we come across a story that is so terrible, it catches us completely off guard. Today, we have a case that is senseless, brutal, and downright horrific. This is the story of 16-year-old Kelly Ann Bates. My name is Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Nicole wants to talk about chickens in our intro. I just said, what are we talking about in our intro? I can't even talk in our <laughs> intro. We are distracted by chickens. We're buying more chickens because we have a problem. And yeah, we, okay. were, we were warned about this, actually. Yeah. Chicken math is apparently a real thing. So I'm going to go buy some more chickens tomorrow, which will be the same day you guys are listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, more chickens. Unfortunately, we did lose one chicken, which is very sad. We did. And it was due to our dogs. Mm-hmm. So we lost one chicken and we're replacing that one chicken with three chickens. Chicken math. That's how yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump straight into thanking our patrons though. Let's do it. Okay. So yesterday or I, yeah, I guess by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be yesterday. <laughs> um, new episode exclusive end mm-hmm. of the month. One showed up in Patreon. Yeah, Which, what was it titled? The Great Teddy Bear Massacre. <laughs> and was, trust me, it is as wild as it seems with it that It was title. awesome. Yeah, it was so, a good listen. So I'm going to go ahead and thank our patrons that signed up this past week. We have Gabrielle DeShazer, Kristen Wells, DJ Jewel. Thank you, DJ, for actually telling us how to say your name over in Patreon. Shot us a message. Appreciate that. Um, Sarah Timberman and Elita Linares. Right on. So they all get that access to not only this past mm-hmm. um, exclusive episode, but all the exclusive episodes and all the extra content on there. So yeah. Boom. Booyah. It's a good place. It's a fun time over there. It is. It's a, I don't know, it's just a nice little place that's just chill. and. It's Yeah. It's a little, our little supportive community. Yeah. I love it. Our patrons are awesome. Yeah. But anyone that's listening to this is also awesome. Of course. No, I wasn't excluding anyone. Well, no, I felt like I maybe almost was. But I mean, we have said it many times. We think everybody that is 
listening to this right at this very moment is awesome. I just am thinking of the Lego movie theme song. Everything is awesome. So awesome. Um, do we have anything else we really want to talk about today? Oh, I don't we're, know. We've just been stupid busy Let's lately. Let's drag this on because I'm not looking forward to Let's this. Let's drag it on. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a heavy case. Um, in my research, um, this case generally goes alongside the story of Junko Furuta as well. Mm-hmm. So very brutal, very heavy. Um, I will say this. Uh, the details uh, are not as graphic in this case, but... Definitely similar uh, occurrences. Yeah. Yeah, you did a last minute change. I was uh, looking forward. I need to actually clarify because I feel like in the Patreon episode, I was like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this next case. But then you did a last minute switcheroo and um, I'm not so much looking forward to this anymore. Yeah. Well, the one case I was going to do, I need more research time. So I'm going to be pushing that off a little while. Keep that in the back burner and uh, keep chugging along in that research until mm-hmm. it until it's ready you know simmer it up yeah you know like a marinara sauce you gotta simmer is really important you can't just rush that shit you gotta simmer it <laughs> you gotta let it you know get its stuff all flowy and stuff if you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying but Good. that was an interest way interesting way of saying it simmer i just felt like i need simmer. to clarify so that all of our patrons weren't like wow nicole was like and like nuts. <laughs> no. She was like so pumped for this episode. What is wrong with no. her? <laughs> I think they understand. So I think yeah. you're good. Yeah. Um, you ready to jump into this? Yeah, let's do it. It is the story, as I said, of Kelly Ann Bates. Um, it's one of brutality. I'll say that again. And it begins on April 16th in 1996. Mm, not that old, really. No. Uh, so this is uh the Greater Manchester Police, who received a call. So this is Oprah in the UK. Okay. Um, they received a very distressing phone call from a man whose name was James Patterson Smith. Now, James was Kelly's boyfriend, who, okay. who they lived together, right? And on the call, he reported a extremely tragic accidental drowning of his girlfriend. Mm. So according to James, he had actually accidentally killed her during an argument when they were in the bath together. Oh, wow. So at one point during said argument, she had accidentally inhaled some of the bath water and began drowning as a result. He then tried to assist, and once she passed out, tried to resuscitate her, but he was unsuccessful, and she then deceased. So that was like the story that he was saying is what happened. Yes. Okay. So this is what he he reported to the police. And as I mentioned, Kelly was only 16 when she died. So however, what unfolded next was a horrifying revelation. James was very soon placed under arrest because the scene as it, at his residence surpassed anything the authorities had in it, as far as expectations. Okay. You see, Kelly was not only found lifeless when they approached the scene, when they came to Which James's house. was expected, I'm assuming, yes. But the house was smeared with her blood and she bore dozens of appalling injuries across her body. From a drowning? From an apparent drowning. Okay. Well, that is definitely not the scene you would be expecting. No. When authorities came and saw this, they immediately realized this was not an accident. What they were 
looking at, what they were standing in was a murder scene. Well, and was this guy like like unwell for literally kind of like just inviting them here to this where he's showcasing that he is obviously really disturbing? I, I think he might have just thought he'd just get away with it. How? When the, how? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't understand his thought process there either. I tried to contemplate that several times on my own and I cannot, I can't fathom a single instance where he thought he would get away with it or where it makes sense. I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it was just sheer panic and he's like, I, I got to call for help because maybe. He realized what he did. Yeah. Uh, we got to get into the story. Okay, though. yeah, we do. And before we dive too deep into all these details, let's take a step back and talk about the relationship between James and Kelly because it's very important. Okay. So it all starts one day when Margaret Bates was returning home to find her 16-year-old daughter, Kelly, standing in the kitchen. Now, unbeknownst to Margaret, Kelly had brought home her boyfriend, James Patterson-Smith. So she brought him home for the first time to kind of, hey, meet the family, right? And this was the first time that she was hearing anything about said boyfriend. Hmm. Now, this, of course, doesn't sound too horrific. I mean, unless you have a fear of realizing your children are actually inevitably growing up and going to start dating and moving out and all this sort of stuff. You know, they're not just innocent children, right? right. Unless that's your fear. There's not, this seems like a harmless situation. But yeah, because at 16, I, I imagine quite a few people, like they start having significant others ish right yeah they start dating enter the dating pool yeah. and stuff i'm pretty sure this is not a uh, an abnormal thing for mm -hmm. someone that age um now to margaret though she did have a bit of a horrifying situation she had the sound of footsteps coming down the hall and she turned around to see james standing there and her horrifying situation was this her jaw immediately dropped and to put it in her own words, quote, the hairs on the back of my neck went up. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Yes. Ugh. James was not just a boy that her daughter was dating. In fact, he wasn't just an, an older boy, as Kelly had so put it. She was standing in front of a man who had some grays in his hairs and some crow's feet on the corner of his eyes. Kelly had informed her mother that James was, in fact, 32 years old. Okay. Which yeah. I, I mean, at 32, you'd have grays and you'd had crow's feet. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And she, but she's 16. She's 16. Okay, she's 16. I forgot how young she yeah, was. You, Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, that just, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, you, you can have some grays I was, shit at 32. What's wrong with that? Um, He's dating someone 16. That's I, what's wrong with that. I missed the point. Like, that's actually illegal. Yeah. Yeah. That's statutory rape. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, I, I missed the, uh, I don't know what the word is there, but the rising action. The I don't know. Cue, the the info. <laughs> um, in a later interview, Margaret would actually admit to having an unsettling urge in that moment to picking up a knife that was sitting in the kitchen Holy and stabbing shit. James in the back right then, right there. Really? Hey? Yes. She had this immediate urge when she saw him. Now, little did she know that her motherly instincts would prove to be a tragic prediction for things to come. Wow. That is so bizarre. I actually can't really ever recall a moment where you've met someone and you get that kind of feeling, you know? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's not something I can say I've really had where I'm like, oh, I want to stab this bitch in the back. Well, no, or not, even, not something I've had. Even the hairs kind of raising on your neck like that. That's like really alarming. Hey, that's intense. That's yeah. very intense. So, I mean, Margaret's just standing there staring in disbelief at this man that her 16-year-old daughter has now brought home. And she had no idea the lies and the history that had actually already been behind them and their relationship. Because James wasn't 32 years old. That was a lie. He was actually 48 years old. Oh, shit. 48? 48 years old, seeing a 16-year-old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Try and swallow that fucking pill. Like, could that almost be her grandfather? I I mean, technically. Technically, you probably could, yeah. Which is really disturbing. Yeah. Um, So, of course, the two decided to lie about the age to kind of draw it back a bit to try and, like, soften the blow and any potential backlash. Oh, did she know that he was actually 48 years old? No. Okay. Holy shit. 32. They told her 32, so that's what she believed. No, Um, sorry. The daughter. Oh, the daughter knew. That he was actually 48 years old? Correct. Seriously? Correct. Okay. I mean, I'm not super opposed to like age gaps and stuff in relationships because I've I've known some people that have age gaps and it, it seems like it can work, but that is a bit much. This is not an age gap. This, as I said, is statutory yeah. rape. You yeah. are a minor. Yeah. And this yeah. dude is like almost a decade off getting a fucking senior citizen discount. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, maybe yeah. a little more than a decade, but still, you know what I mean? Um so yeah, it was quite the shocking situation to be putting it, putting being put in when your daughter's just like, oh yeah, here's my boyfriend, he's 32. So sh- the daughter knows he's actually 48, but the family, the parents think 32. Um, now that's not the end of their lie. They had also not just recently started dating. They started dating when Kelly was 14 and James oh. was 46. Oh, Okay. Yes. Th- this guy, okay, he has to be like manipulating her because something, this, that is just like not right. Oh, yeah. There's definite manipulation going on. 100%. 14 and 48? Correct. Four, oh. 14 and 46 when they first oh, started. Okay, still. I'm not blaming Kelly one fucking iota. Yeah. Like she is wholeheartedly being manipulated yeah. by this sick fuck because he would know better and she is just like young yeah she's just like oh this older guy is interested in me it seems so cool he seems so nice he likes me maybe it's like because i i'm acting older than girls my age sort of thing and apparently i think that's like a line these kind of fucking sickos do yeah holy okay um and so rightfully so kelly's parents were not impressed Mm -hmm. even with the idea of him him being 32 let alone if they actually knew he was 48 they would have lost their fucking mind you bet but still against their better judgment they decided to let their daughter continue the relationship after all she was happy well that's hard though because the thing is if they would have like forbid it forbid her from seeing him 
I mean, she could have still found a way and then she's sneaking around. And exactly. So, it's like so that's so hard. Exactly. That was kind of the stipulation with this relationship is that there still needs to be communication mm-hmm. and like things need to be open and what's happening. And yeah. So the parents were like, we're not going to stop this because I don't think we can, but like there's going to be some fucking ground rules here. Yeah. So. I, I can't knock the parents for that. I totally understand. However, I mean, and I know a lot of people disagree with this too, because they're like, they, not everyone can totally get it. But the idea of, hey, maybe reporting someone like that to the police, eh, it's not a bad mm-hmm. idea. Okay. So. Well, yeah, I mean, but really they're probably thinking that their relationship with their daughter is on the line, right? Yeah, that's true. So it's it's really, really tough, but also that, Oh, I don't yeah. know. That's it's it's a too much. It is. Um, but we digress a little bit. Let's keep moving on here. It would be ni- November 1995, not long after this initial meeting in the kitchen that Kelly would take the steps to move in with her significant other and at the time unemployed James. Now, as I said, although her parents are skeptical of the relationship, they're also skeptical of this decision, but they agreed in the conditions that she would keep in regular contact. So it's like, you come see us, we talk lots, all that sort of stuff. Kind of so they can still be a parent. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say to that because that, the moving in thing. That's, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of the situation, she went and moved in with them, and regardless of the deal, the following months, Kelly's once outgoing demeanor and keeping in touch with her parents slowly changed, and she was much more quieter and withdrawn, and the parents were hearing from her less and less. So during a rare visit, her parents actually noticed something, some bruises on her arms. Oh, geez. Which were signaling some more worrisome events in the future. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of interesting signs in this case, not to say that people need to be aware of these signs and it's like, Hey, you should have seen, and you should have been able to know, not blaming anyone in that sense, that sense whatsoever. Just saying, looking on it in a hindsight perspective, it's Mm -hmm. like, Holy fuck. There's all these little tiny things. Well, even when you said that she was kind of not as outgoing and stuff anymore, like what just came to my mind, it, it was like, he was like dimming her light. Yeah. Which is so sad. That's uh, a very interesting way of putting it. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about James. Prior to his involvement with the teenage Kelly, uh, he had a rather troublesome history uh, regarding assaulting women that he lived with. Awesome. So this guy's a fucking winner and a half, Oh, he, eh? he's a piece of shit. Full on piece of shit. Uh, He had accusations of physical violence and assault, um, one that actually marked the end of his first marriage after 10 years together in 1980. Uh, So then between 1980 and 1982, while still technically married, um, he would have an affair with a 20-year-old named Tina Watson, who he um, reportedly used as a, quote, punching bag. Yes. Um, Disturbing violence that didn't cease while she was pregnant as well. Oh gosh. Okay. Yep. At one point he tried to strangle and drown her while she was in the bath. Hmm. Wow. Okay. 
So real quick here before you say something, because I know you're about to. Um, luckily for her, however, she did manage to get away from James and the whole abusive relationship that she found herself in. So that's fantastic. She got out of that relationship and she was sure she and the child were safe. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You were going to say something? I wasn't actually. Oh, no, you're just, <laughs> I, just gasping with shock. I'm like, my eyeballs are just like bulging out of my head here. Um, from here, James would find himself in another relationship in a, another statutory rape relationship. In fact, with a 15 year old whose name I have chosen to leave out of this podcast. Uh, she also found James to be very physically abusive towards her. And in one attack, he held her face underwater in the kitchen sink in an attempt to drown her. Luckily she survived. Wow. In 1993, James began his relationship with 14-year-old Kelly, which brings us up to date where authorities were called and found Kelly's lifeless body and James was apprehended. Oh my gosh, please tell me that this guy is just going to be locked away for the rest of his life. I don't think you're going to be happy with the results of this case. You fucking serious? Just going to say that. Wow, I will rage. I will rage. This tiny house will be turned upside down. Oh, I might be fucking found drowned after this podcast. <laughs> oh. Um, so the scene authorities arrived at once James had called called them um, was not something authorities were able to stomach very easy. They had found 16-year-old Kelly naked in the bedroom floor. Her blood was found smudged and smeared to some degree, in every single room of the house, which was one of the first indications that something just wasn't right. Her body, of course, was another. There were several physical injuries that covered Kelly's body that did not line up with a simple drowning. And when taken in for examination and autopsy, that's when the true realization regarding the extent of the situation came to light. Well, I mean, he honestly, I, I'm, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense that he's gotten away with everything prior to, right? That he, now he's just like up leveling it. Yeah. But does I, he, but to think that he would get away with something where there's blood in every room. Yes. That like, you almost have to wonder if he's gone off the deep end here. I think he's been getting away with things and I think he had, I think it's a power trip thing. We've covered cases before in episodes where guys like get off on this sort of shit right mm -hmm. like it's a power trip like i can make you do what i want or whatever and i think that's what it is here um yeah uh let's go into some more details with okay. regarding her autopsy here because i don't want to be giving away too many things uh so the examination of her body revealed over 150 separate physical injuries to kelly and they were able to identify that these injuries were occurring over the course of the last month of wow. her life. So for an entirety of a month, she was... Enduring this shit. Yes. So also you have to think of the fact that at the age 16, you bounce back and heal pretty quick. Mm. So how many bruises and such would have healed over the course of a month as well? That's true. Yep. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So regarding that last month of her life as well, um, they were able to ter- to determine that she was kept bound in the house for the entirety of it. At times, she would have been tied up by her hair, even, to items such as chairs or radiators. Other times, she was tied and bound around the neck. But one way or another, she would have been bound for the remainder of that month. Holy, a whole entire month. Yes. So a man by the name of William Lawler, the home office pathologist who examined Kelly's remains, had this to say, quote, in my career, I have examined almost 600 victims of homicide, but I have never come across injuries so extensive. That right there paints a brutal picture. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I've never seen this. Like that's like a one in 600. Yeah. And this is like way above all these other 600. It's yeah. not like, oh, it's like it's it's close for the worst. And it's like, no. It's by far the worst. Yeah. So some of the injuries that the pathologist had found on Kelly and her body included the following. Scalding to her left butt cheek and left leg. Burns on her thighs caused by the application of a hot iron. A fractured arm. Multiple stab wounds caused by knives, forks, and scissors. Stab wounds inside of her mouth. Crush injuries to both of her hands. Mutilation of her ears, nose, eyebrows, mouth, lips, genitalia. Wounds caused by a spade, a shovel spade, and pruning shears. Both of her eyes had been gouged out. Later stab wounds were found in the empty sockets of her eyes and she was partially scalped. The pathologist was able to determine that Kelly endured her eyes being gouged out, quote, not less than five days and more than three weeks before her death. So she lived at least five days after having her eyes gouged from her head. They were also able to find that she had been starved in the weeks leading to her death. She had lost approximately 20 kilograms, 20 kilograms, not pounds. That would be equivalent to 44 pounds. The starvation would have also included not being allowed to drink water or any other fluids for several days. She endured absolute hell. Holy shit. This poor fucking girl. Yeah. I cannot even believe that someone would do something like that to another human being. Right? Like, wow. And gosh, you gave even some details. I had I I was wondering about the eyes. Like I was like, oh, then maybe that happened like after she died, but nope. Nope. Prior to. Days prior to. Wow. Wow. So like was this literally his just his motive the whole entire time? 
I don't know. Maybe. Like that is so disturbing. I am just like shook out of my fucking mind. Yeah. See what I mean? How this one gets kind of like towed along in the same sort of lines as Junko quite often. Yeah. Because when I was researching Junko, I don't believe I've ever run, a car, run across this case. But when I was researching this case, they seem to go hand in hand very often when I was researching articles. Hmm. A lot of them would be like, after you're done reading this article, at the bottom it's like, you may enjoy this article or whatever. And then it link, would link to like a Junko one or something. No, thank you. Yeah. So I can't believe what this, this young woman was put through. Absolute hell for someone that she thought was loved her was there for her and loved yeah like so messed so messed up so fucked up which it almost makes this one worse than junko in the fact on who was the perpetrator this was supposed to be someone she could love trust yeah live with she chose to move in with this person well don't get me wrong like junko like i'm not comparing cases by any means like junko was absolutely horrifying too but this was supposed to be someone yeah. that Kelly could have trusted. Because there was a bunch of lead up to this. Like it was just, I mean, the intention of of this at the beginning, you know, he he probably had this end game and which is really disturbing. Like it I kind of almost went on longer. You know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Like which, yeah. Wow. That, this guy is a, like is just an absolute fucking monster like just say it i was i need a word worse than monster because this is really disturbing yeah um so the trial for james began shortly thereafter um and the prosecution meticulously presented um the details of the torture that kelly would have endured to the jury many of which after the trial would have to uh, seek counseling for the details Mm -hmm. in this case Um, The prosecutor in the trial, Peter Oppenshaw, had this to say in the case. It was as if he deliberately disfigured her, causing her the utmost pain, distress, and degradation. The injuries were not the result of one sudden eruption of violence. They must have been caused over a long period that were so extensive and so terrible that the defendant must have deliberately and systematically tortured the girl. And I think he's absolutely right in that statement. Um, So Kelly's official death was indeed drowning, but not before she received the brutal beating in the head with a shower head. Oh my gosh. Um, Peter Openshaw, the uh, uh, prosecutor, also remarked, her death must have been a merciful end to her torture. Huh. Well, I mean, at that point, like she's probably just like begging for that. Yes. And I think that's kind of what he means is that she was almost thankful for that. end, which is so terrifying to think about. Holy fuck. Well, and then the other thing, because yeah, for this literally to be going on for like that long of a span is what I mean, because yeah, like the one said, like it wasn't just a fit of rage. Like this went on for a really long time. It did. Over approximately the course of a month. Yeah. And I still can't get over now that we've heard like what her body looked like, that he actually phoned the police to call this in and didn't like go about hiding it. Like I'm like, that's fucked. Yep. So that's it's it's almost like he wanted to be caught or something. Maybe. Or he was just so confident because he's been getting away with it this whole time. 
that, oh yeah, they'll just believe me. And that's that. Um, but I do think that like, when I, when I say that there was blood throughout the house, I actually couldn't find detail on how much blood. My assumption is that the blood was not, Hey, spatter from a kill. It's simply just, there's blood traced throughout the house from over the course of the entire month of being tortured. Yes. Like a fingerprint here, a drop there, a smudge there. Like that sort of stuff, a cloth being soaked in blood, thrown in the hamper of the the laundry, things like that. Yeah, because honestly, when you first mentioned that, I was kind of thinking like that they that he went around and smeared it. But yeah, no, no. yeah. Uh, so throughout the trial, some of the women who had uh, also suffered abuse at the hands of James um, bravely came forward, and they helped paint a very disturbing picture of a misogynistic man consumed by jealousy who would resort to violence to exert control over others. So hats off to them for standing oh, on that trial yeah. because that would have been difficult. No kidding. That's so good that um, they were there. Yeah. James and his defense team, however, attempted to cast him as the victim. <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction wow. to just fucking laugh. Um, claiming basically that Kelly's actions had driven him to commit the act. He said, quote, she put me through hell constantly provoking me she was 16 years old you motherfucker yeah 16 years old and i don't give a shit if someone's provoking you you don't provoke you don't get provoked to torture someone for a fucking month like nothing would provoke that could provoke that no in my opinion just leave then exactly um so i mean even going as far as to suggesting that some of her injuries were actually self-inflicted to tarnish his image and name So yeah, that's what he's going on saying. I'm the victim. She's doing this to me and she provoked me into doing this. Uh, The jury luckily saw right fucking through this manipulation tactic. Oh yeah. And they swiftly came with a verdict, finding him guilty on murder of Kelly and Bates. They probably just like low, like just hated him. Yes. Like I don't think if I was on that jury, like I don't even think I would be able to look at him like yeah. just gross i agree so on november 19th 1997 james was sentenced to a minimum of 20 years in prison and he currently sits there to this day and this is where i don't think you'll be happy because i'm not happy 20 years is not enough yeah how on earth is it only 20 years yeah not enough i mean it minimum but still he could get out in four years and he would be how old? Like in his 60s or early 70s or something? Yeah, it'd be like 68 or 69, something like that. Oh my gosh. So like enough time to do this again. And he would. Yeah. Like there is no way that that man should be like no. outside of of prison. No, life and then some. Mm-hmm. Because this wasn't just like a manslaughter or some like fucking murder. No, he systematically tortured and fucking murdered her. Yeah. Brutally, not to mention any sort of statutory rape charges that should have been applied, which clearly weren't. You know, these some I just can't understand sometimes the sentencing because like the last case we did, right, where they had uh, murdered their friend, basically. Yeah. They got like years upon years. Yeah. And like, I mean, that was terrible, too. But like, this is worse really i'm not like comparing them but like what he did like he should never well be on they got more for murder 
This is murder, torture, statutory yeah. rape, much more. There's it's, way, there's more like charges, really. Yeah, but it's less. Way less time. Now, I do understand there's different jurisdictions. There's different legislations for different areas and states and all this sort of stuff. This is over in the UK as well. So, I mean, this is a completely different country at that. But still. It th- should be life. He should be behind bars for fucking life. Yeah. Like never getting out. Not like a no chance. no questions asked. But he could potentially walk free in a few years. Oh, that is so disturbing. Yeah. That's one of the worst parts about this to me is that he could go free. And not to mention that in the trial, he's like, oh yeah, it's her fault. So that's telling oh. me, that's telling me right there. He's not learning a fucking thing. No. He wasn't remorseful. No. He probably wants to do it again. Probably. So anyways, um, the murder of Kellyanne Bates remains one of the most horrifying crimes in British history. Uh, And Margaret Bates, Kelly's mother, is still haunted by that moment in the kitchen where she first encountered him. Dang. Constantly flashing back to the moment where she had an instinct to end his life right then and there. Um, And she wonders if it kind of might have been some sort of sixth sense warning her of the tragedy that would come to her daughter later on oh that is so sad it is oh man yikes and that's the story of kellyanne bates wow that is quite the story yeah it is so i guess you need to leave for a bit so i can uh destroy this tiny house with rage (laughs) Just, just a fit of fucking rage wow wow yeah that would have been a tough one to research it was um I kind of didn't want to, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. I didn't really want to go into details on this one too much. I'm kind of glad that I didn't go in so much. I'm sure I'm sitting here saying like, oh, you know what? The details were harder to find. I think I said that at the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure if the details were harder to find or if I just didn't want to find them. Well, honestly, I feel like you gave us enough detail. I think so too. Like that is enough. I I don't know if (laughs) we want anymore yeah. i know i i certainly don't i feel so bad for this poor girl well yeah like that is so young and this guy the fact that he could be kind of getting out of jail is like that's haunting that's so haunting i hope he doesn't well honest oh i can't i shouldn't say this never mind never what mind. no i can't so say you it. have to say it now <laughs> well i was just like if that mom is alive for him to get out of jail like i would I would go and do unthinkable things, which I mean. I'm sure that mom is thinking the same thing. Yeah. But two two wrongs don't no. make a right. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to say I I disagree with you, but I will say two wrongs don't make a right. Well, I mean, yeah, he would need to have like um, identity change and all that stuff because like I, I honestly can't believe that he's even surviving in jail, to be honest. Yeah, actually. I'm actually surprised someone didn't. When you think about it, yeah. yeah, Kill him in there. Yeah. But I I hope he fucking rots. I hope he never gets out. I hope he fucking rots and fuck him. Like, ugh. I mean. I hate this guy. There's the potential, I guess, that like there's rehabilitation programs and stuff too, but Generally, it's like you realize what you did is wrong. And then I feel like those people are more so people that we can rehabilitate and like have back into the world. And Rehabilitation is one thing. Back into the world is another. I don't give a shit if he's rehabilitated or not. 
he deserves to be behind bars oh, for life. Oh, forever. Yeah, he does. He can live the best life behind bars. He can be rehabilitated. He can be a born-again Christian. He can start crocheting and giving hats to um, new infants being born in the local hospital. Fantastic. Good for him. I hope that's how he's living. And I hope that's how he stays living, behind bars doing that. Yeah, because he made a decision that was very much so there was many opportunities and many different victims that he could have walked away or changed himself, right? Yeah. But he chose repeatedly not to. And so why on earth would we be giving him another chance? Yeah. And child predators are are, oh, are yeah. some people that I just have no sympathy for. I, I have the sympathy for the understanding that some people are born certain ways, but you cross a line the moment you act on that. You know it's not fucking right. Don't mm-hmm. you fucking dare go after a child, man. Don't you fucking dare. Yeah. The moment you do, I don't give a shit about you. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, she she had like a future. Like they all had futures. And like I said earlier, like he just dimmed their light. And hers, he dimmed it completely. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. So fuck you, James. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. I don't even know what to say after this one. Well. I like stunned myself today, honestly. I'm just like mad at myself and mad at this fucking guy and mad at this case. And I feel like you need like a hug. I kind of fucking do need a hug. Okay. Well, I'll give you a hug. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to turn this off. Nicole's going to go give me a fucking hug because I need it. And you get to pick up new chickens tomorrow. I get to pick up new chickens tomorrow. So that's tomorrow. something to look forward Maybe to. Maybe we'll talk to our patrons and we'll help them name name these ones. Oh, that's kind of a fun idea. Actually, yeah. I love that. Although although I will stipulate this right now, I do not want to name them after serial killers. Oh, no. No. No, like they're, these are like, okay, these chickens bring me so much fucking joy. It's actually a oh, little bit yeah. much, but like I'm low-key obsessed with them. And like I don't want to be looking at them like and they're bad people or bad yes. chickens like no. I, I just do know that like some people are like oh hey name it name it Dahmer or something like no. that it's like no i just don't want to go there fuck those people you know i mean sure we get entertained by some of these stories i get that but uh yeah our chickens have to be joyous names <laughs> exactly joyous names for sure is that a word joyous yeah okay yeah okay. there you go yeah Can well I- done that, Thank you. I mean, yeah, now you can take a little bit of a break, eh? a breather. Yeah, a breather. Um, if you guys want to not get a breather and check out more of our stuff, link <laughs> is all down in the description below. We got YouTube, we got Instagram, we got Patreon. All of it's down there. Go check it out. If you want to give us a review, that would mean the world to us. Uh, those reviews go a long way. So please do that. Um, and Nicole's going to go give me a big old hug. So until next episode. Stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.